Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, mold is a problem. You can't have a school where people are breathing that in and getting sick. But can I be honest with you? You got so many problems with the Richmond Public Schools that that... I, I, I can't make fun of it. I can't say dismiss it. Don't worry about it because you got to worry about it. But it's, it's just like if you took a snapshot of this school system and the and the results or lack of results. This is such a small like get the mold under control. Come on, take one meeting and get that under control because there's some bigger problems that are more systemic that probably need to be addressed. Meanwhile, year after year after year, more and more kids just go through the pipeline. I don't think we're doing them any favors with the current attitude that we've got. And I feel guilty. You know, somebody came up, somebody who works at one of the uh, Richmond public schools, and I, I braced myself when they came up to me this weekend. They said, oh, John, you know, I work for the Richmond public schools uh, system. I'm not going to tell you what school they're in because that might out them. And I thought, oh, boy, they're about to yell at me. This is it's going to ruin my night. And they're like, please keep holding their feet to the fire. <laughs> I thought, oh, thank God it was somebody who actually agrees that we got a problem there. I, I mean, you know, there's some situations where it's just personal opinion. I get it. You know, I think my policies or the policies that I would advocate would do better than than uh, other people's policies. But, I mean, it's not even debatable now. You, right? It's not even debatable. The results are so terrible, it shouldn't even be debatable. So, yeah, fix the mold problem. <laughs> Hopefully you can do that quickly and make sure no more buildings burn down, no more school buildings burn down, and then maybe we can deal with the bigger issues like discipline and reading and writing and arithmetic, and <clears throat> those kind of fundamentals, truancy. How are you going to deal with that? No, no more crazy teachers. 837 on this Tuesday morning. It's the 17th day of October 2023. I'm John Reed, and we are glad you're with us here on News Radio WRVA. So a lot of people paying attention to Virginia politics uh, because we're one of the few states that actually has statewide elections um, this fall. And my old colleague in the Senate, Matt McCoviak, who's the president of Potomac Strategy Group, is in a different state capital this morning. He's in Austin, Texas, trying to save that city from collapsing. And Matt, I, I know you keep an eye on everything that's going around the country. I've always been impressed by that. Do you Are you seeing things about Virginia other than Glenn Youngkin might run for president that's on your radar? Are we kind of obscure right now, you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the... Uh 
the thing that, that I think the people who follow politics are, are watching is to see how the legislative races go in your state. Yeah. Um, Youngkin has a lot vested in this. He's really, you know, gotten involved both in recruiting and fundraising and, and campaigning in these different districts. I think you have this one district with a Democratic incumbent who was doing this weird online, you know, I don't know, sex thing or whatever with her husband. Um, other than that, I don't know that I know a ton about each individual you know, race. But yeah. I do think Youngkin will be uh, evaluated both in state and nationally by the outcome of legislative races. And if he can win back uh, control, not only is that going to help him, uh, you know, move his agenda um, uh, with, with greater ease, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to, uh, I think, show that his message is working. Uh, and it could um, provide some new momentum for a draft effort to try to get him in late. Now, the challenge of him running president this late, John, is, is he's, he's, you know, at this point, he's already missed a couple of filing deadlines. And before mid-December, he'll miss the first four or five states' dead, early filing deadlines to, to even be able on the ballot. And so, you know, you can imagine this scenario where if Trump were to win the first two or three states, I think he's highly likely to win South Carolina. Um, you know, Iowa, New Hampshire probably will, will win, but we'll see how things develop. But if, if you miss the first four or five filing deadlines and Trump's won the first three or four states, then there's not going to be much to do. Mm-hmm. Do you? But, you know, overall, look, I think Governor Yunkin's been impressive, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he's done what he said he'd do. Um, he's been disciplined. Um, he's stayed very focused on, on on what he's trying to do for the for the Commonwealth. Um He's, you know, he's fairly impressive. Um, he's clearly a very smart guy. So overall, I think he's 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 built an impressive record. But this is an important, uh, midterm, you know, I guess off-year election in Virginia for what he's trying to yeah. do. Well, real quick, I'll just tell you the the Virginia uh, political um, reports have come out for the fundraising and and the prostitute, the porno star prostitute in my county and in Rico, the Susanna Gibson lady. Apparently, she raised yeah. almost a half a million dollars. <laughs> I mean, these people are throwing money at her and not because she's uh you know doing her dance on the internet it's kind of shocking one of the people i need to confirm this one of the people who's given a little bit of money is the wife of a very prominent national leader i don't want to say it until i can confirm it but we'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. it in the next hour i mean that's it's it's just kind of a sick situation that i'm surprised people are embracing what's your take uh on the speaker's race in Washington, do you think we're getting close to Jim Jordan pulling together the votes that are needed for him to be the new speaker? Or is this drag out and there's more wheeling and dealing behind the scenes? Yeah, look, he is he is taking this to the floor today with a record vote on the floor for speaker. You remember when McCarthy did this in January, we had to go 15 rounds. Right. I was reminded this morning that when McCarthy started, he was at 201 votes. Uh, he, I think this time you have to get to 217, given the uh, va- vacancies we have. Um, so McCarthy got from you know 201 to 218 and took him 15 rounds, and that was somewhat embarrassing. Um, I don't think it'll take 15 rounds this time, uh, and I'm not sure Jordan will get there. I think he's, he's definitely going to be short on the first ballot. I know of already five people who, even as of this morning, have said they're going to be a no. And as Jake Sherman of Punchbowl News pointed out on his podcast this morning, because you go alphabetical through the last name, you're going to be there probably by the time you're done with the G's. So he's going to be short fairly early. Uh, the question is, is he in a range where he can get there? He can only lose four votes right. uh, and still get to the, the 217 number. So, um, you know, does this happen? I don't know. I mean, he, he, he turned a lot of people yesterday, including some people that were really pretty, you know, strong holdouts, defense appropriators, kind of establishment, old bulls of the house. Um, so he's made a lot of progress, 
Uh, and he has McCarthy pulling for him. Um, but this is going to be a long day, I think, if he's going to try and get it done today. Um, but he is, he's getting closer to this than anybody. The fact that he's getting closer than Steve Scalise, who's wanted this for a long time, who's the major, majority leader but didn't take it to a floor vote, I think is pretty pretty incredible. This is the closest we've been to a grassroots conservative, a true conservative becoming Speaker of the House in my lifetime. Is he having to sell his soul to get these votes? What do you think the conversations are like? I mean, you've been in a lot of those rooms over the years uh, with the different can- with the different senators you've worked for and the different candidates you've worked for. What do you think's happening here? Yeah, so I, I don't think he's doing things that are inconsistent with the way he looks at the world and the things he wants to do. Obviously, when you serve in leadership, you can't be you know you can't be blowing things up. You can't do everything exactly the way you want to do it. You have to lead a team. Um, I do think he's made a few commitments uh, that he probably wouldn't do if he was an individual member, uh, one of which being that he definitely wants a government funding bill. You know, there are certainly members of the House who don't mind if the government shuts down. They think it might actually be a good thing. Um, I think he wants to, 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 to keep the government open. I think the second is he has apparently promised to vote on Ukraine spending. Now, it may not pass, uh, but he has promised to vote on that. Now, how that plays out, whether that's, you know, uh, matched up with, with, with uh, funding for Israel, other things, Border security, I don't know. There's a lot of different ideas kicking around, but I do think the next few months you're going to see those things come to the fore. Come to the fore. But um, other than that, John, I don't think he has, um, you know, twisted himself into a pretzel in such a way where kind of he has to go against all of his previous views. It is easier to be a bomb thrower than it is to be a leader uh, in, in a body like Congress. I have watched, you know, his career and his arc has, has, has changed. He was a rabble rouser backbencher early on um he you know to become you know a, a committee chair to become someone who's trusted by speaker mccarthy uh he obviously understands the importance of being part of a team and, and developing a strategy and building a consensus and getting people behind you and keeping people together and obviously that's even more important when you're speaker of the house given the very very narrow majority that the republicans have right now yeah I'm not going to ask you about Israel, but I will ask you about Austin, Texas. Uh, I mentioned mm-hmm. that that's where you you grew up, where you live, and where your company is headquartered. And uh, you know, I just I follow you on Facebook, and I see all the problems that Austin has had. And you've been one of the leaders trying to get Austin to you know the, the get the leadership to pay attention to the homeless tr- problems and some of the policies that have ex- exacerbated that. What's the update? How are how are things going there? Because I think Richmonders need to look at what you're doing and try to figure out what to do here to to stop that from happening here. Yeah, um, we started a nonpartisan organization in Austin four years ago called Save Austin Now. SaveAustinNow.com is the website. People can check it out. You can Google us. There's all kinds of you know, news stories out there. Um, it is true. We've taken on homelessness. We've taken on our to fund a police effort here to try to make sure we have enough police officers. We've taken on other issues as well that, that are directly related to standard of living. The problem that we had, John, is for, for you know eight years we had the most radical uh, and uh, ridiculous mayor in our history um, and a really bad city council. We do have a better mayor now, um, and the council is probably slightly less bad. Um, so what we're doing is we're not destroying ourselves at the same speed and uh, intensity that we were before, but we haven't turned the battleship around and started heading the right direction yet. So. Yeah. Um, we're not doing stupid things the way we were for, for four or five years of that eight-year period, uh, but we're not yet doing a lot of really, really smart things yet either. And that's going to take several elections for us to get there. But I do feel like we're starting to um, to re- recognize what we tried, which is basically the San Francisco-Los Angeles model, wasn't working. Um, our homeless 
community, uh, you know, certainly grew by a, a 400% in two years. Ugh. We've now cut that in half, thankfully, because we passed the, ho- the camping ban. Uh, we're 500 police officers down from where we were three years ago. Uh, that's, uh, you know, something that's going to take a hell of a lot of work to turn around. Uh, our affordability crisis is the worst it's ever been. In spite of all those things, Austin remains an attractive place to be. Uh, it's a great city. There's a lot going on. We just had two weekends of Austin City Limits Music Festival. We have Formula One this weekend. I mean, there's so much to do here, and, and it's a great place to be. But but Austin can be a city of the future if it learns the lessons of the, the, the major cities that have failed. Yeah. Um, well, it's worth and, you know, it's worth studying yeah. your efforts, I think, um, and and for us to pay attention to that. Matt Mikoviak, my old uh, colleague in the United States Senate, now the president of Potomac Strategy Group. I always appreciate the chance to talk to you, Matt. I hope I'll see you in person sometime soon. Thank no, you. Me too. Thanks, John. Good to talk to you. Thank you. It's eight forty-seven, and you hear what Austin has. You know, I love Richmond. Richmond's my hometown. I want to be a cheerleader for Richmond, but. Uh, Austin's got a lot of things going for it that Richmond doesn't have. So we got to be extra special careful. You know, when you got Formula One and you got these national TV shows doing their music festivals and things, that helps you kind of cover up the scuzz problems you've got. We don't even have that. So we need some visionary leadership, some strong leadership here. Where is it? We'll be back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 